Welcome to the inner room, a space where we ponder the inner movements of our heart to find God by finding examples and instructions in daily scripture readings. The emotions in our hearts can help us or hinder us in our spiritual journey. Open your heart, explore your emotions, and align thoughts and emotions with God's plans for you. When we learn to feel and align our emotions, we advance in our prayer life by loving more deeply, remaining in peace more often, and finding courage for the journey of life. My name is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and a big shout out to my son Marco Niño, producer of this podcast. Sit back or walk with us. You are most welcome here. had a retreat at Strake Jesuit. It's the high school where my boys attended and I still have deep bonds with that beautiful community of ladies. And today we had the opportunity to do what the gospel reading tells us, to come away for a while as Jesus invites the disciples when they return from their expedition two by two. Jesus, a couple of days ago in the gospel reading, has sent them to go and cast out demons, to heal sicknesses, and to bring the good news. And they are coming back right after the decapitation, the murder of his cousin, John. We see these events happening next to each other, of course, in the Bible story. They would have happened over a period of time. But as we've said before, when we meditate on the story of Jesus' cousin death, that death unleashes a, a just a whirlwind of activity for our Lord. He receives the disciples that have brought back stories about where they actually could cast out demons and not, what sicknesses they could cure and not. And sisters and brothers, we are being invited into that conversation in our lives today. This was one of the topics of conversation in the retreat. We spoke about the history of salvation, the promise that God makes throughout the history of, of, our, of our encounter with the presence of God, that he has a purpose for our life, that he wants to establish our identity from the minute that he uh, puts us in the planet, he creates us in his image and likeness. And that is one of the elements that is necessary in our path to recognize our identity as co-heirs with Christ of the promises of the kingdom. We are kings and queens of the kingdom of heaven that is already amongst us. And that means that our behavior, our code of conduct is very different from that of the world. We are part of a royal dynasty. The promises that God makes to Adam and Eve first, and then to Noah, one holy um, family, and then to Abraham becomes one holy tribe. And then we have Isaac and Jacob, and we have a nation with the 12 children that he has. He's named Israel and becomes a nation. And then, of course, David, we have a royal kingdom, and then the one holy church, the one holy universal Catholic church that is going to be the bride of Christ. All of that progression of the history is one of the things we studied, gives us our identity. Those promises that God made over time, he makes to us and for us. 
these covenants that he makes with humanity are ours as well. And one of the elements that that covenant series has for us is that we are given dominion over the earth. We're given dominion over our lives. And Jesus gives us the command to love one another. Love is then the um, purpose of our life, very simple purpose. Love one another, love God, and and love one another as Jesus has loved us. That is what animates our life. Then we have that sense of authority that Jesus won the victory over death and sin. And he has transferred that authority to us. And he has told us that the powers of evil will not be able to stand against the church, the body of Christ that we are, all of us together. The power of unity, the power of going out two by two. So we reviewed all of that, that sense of identity, that sense of purpose, that sense of authority that we have to take dominion over our lives. And what a wonderful event to be able to review these things with sisters in Christ who have children at the school right now, have had children. There were alumni moms like me, and then some that even have now um, grandsons at the school. So there's a lineage that we get to pray over the inheritance of God's kingdom and God's fruits. The stories that we read today from Hebrews give us a lot of food for, th for thought. Uh, we have a reading from Hebrews chapter 13, where Jesus is going to be praised continuously. Uh, the writer of Hebrews tells us, through Jesus, let us continue Continually offer God a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of the lips that confess his name. We are invited to do exactly what Jesus did. He was constantly offering God, his heavenly father, a sacrifice of praise. And we are being invited to do that. Every time that Jesus is going to pray, we see him lifting up his eyes to heaven and thanking his father. A sacrifice making sacred, sacrifice to make sacred sacrifice. When we pray over something or someone, there is that making sacred, that act of making sacred that Jesus invites us to do in our priestly role. That's something else we talked about today in the retreat, that our baptism, our second session, was that our baptism gave us the opportunity to enter into this family, this, this heavenly family. And at that, we became kings with Jesus Christ. We reign with him. We reign because he's seated in heavenly places and sits us in heavenly places. We rebuke Bible stories, Bible verses that remind us of that position, that we are co-heirs of the kingdom, that we are part of the body of Christ, that he's the head and we are the parts. And so we identified our kingly and queenly role, we identified also our priestly role. And that's, that uh, reading of Hebrews 13 reminds us that when we are making our life sacred, when we're consecrating ourselves and the things that we have, we are enter entering that priestly role. The priests in our uh, churches, the pastors in our churches have the role of following the rite of Melchizedek, following the rite that Jesus institutes with the bread and the wine and in all of the liturgies that connect all the way back to Leviticus when we had holy objects and there were very specific ways that we came to praise and adore our Heavenly Father. We follow all of that, but in everyday life, we're making our houses and our workplaces sacred by 
how we enter into them, how we enter into relationship with those around us, how we invite people into ways of behaving, speaking, building the kingdom that are holy. We are then called by our baptismal promises to that priestly role. And then on the second session, we covered the third promise of our baptism, that we become prophets. And the prophets of history, of the history of salvation had a special connection to the uh, to our Heavenly Father. They were connected to the voice of God. All of us are called to listen to that voice of God. All of us are called to tune, tune our Wi-Fi to be able to listen to the voice of God. He's speaking to us and he will speak to us in different ways. The more we attune ourselves to listen to our Heavenly Father, the more we're able to hear his designs for our lives. So we studied today three women of the Bible that exemplify those roles. Queen Esther, who helped the Israelites come out of exile when they were in Babylon by being positioned by God for a time such as this. And we remember that in that positioning of Esther, we find clues for where God has positioned us in our families, in our marriages, in our workplaces, so that we can do what she did, be bold in opening that door that asks intercedes for someone else. And we learned as well about the power of fasting, that she fasts for three days before she makes these requests and that Jesus invites us not if we pray, but when we pray, that when we fast, we are calling on that door of heaven in a very unique way by attuning ourselves more specifically because the Lord fasted. He did long fasts before he entered into particular situations. So we imitate the Lord. Then we looked in these baptismal promises of queen, prophet, and priest. We For the prophet, we looked at Deborah. She was a prophet, a judge, and uh, there were prophets that were appointed after great battles, and she's appointed <clears throat> before the battle, and she's instructed to actually go into battle in a very specific way. So sometimes we're going to be appointed in our lives as mediators, as as those that are going to discern what is good and what is evil, and we need to ask the Lord to help us in that discernment. And then finally, for the priestly role, to have Mary, the mother of Christ, who is the ultimate mediatrix, who is the one through her, yes, Jesus becomes one of us. And it is a sacrifice of love to hold that baby that is going to be the point of trial and tribulation for many who did not want to accept him as, as who he was, the son of God. Mary is showing us the path for that encounter with Christ in our daily life, which makes our life sacred. So she is the one that intervenes in the most unique of ways. We then read in the reading for today that we need to obey our leaders and to keep ourselves uh, in, a, in, in a sense of joy, um, that the peace and the joy of God are going to be two incredible weapons that we have to use in the kingdom. That sense of joy that Jesus gives us, the joy that comes beyond all understanding, peace beyond all understanding, because Jesus says, I've come to give you joy so that your joy may be complete, that he has come inviting us to guard the peace of our hearts, that when we are guarding the peace of our hearts and we are connecting to that deep joy, we are then able to fight the things in our life 
where there are strongholds. So we talked in the retreat today about those strongholds in our hearts, those mindsets, those ways of thinking, those ways of repetitive habits that have allowed lies to, to be in our hearts and minds. And when we can dive into those mindsets, those patterns of thought, and ask God to judge us, to show us how we are acting, speaking, or thinking in ways that are outside of the kingdom ways, the Lord then is able to work with us, to align us. And in that alignment, we can then participate in our life, inviting others into a, a holier way of life. So we have these weapons that appear not to be weapons. Joy is a weapon when in the midst of grief, when in the midst of darkness, we choose joy. That opens light in the midst of darkness. When we choose peace, when everything is going around us into chaos, when we guard the peace of our hearts, then that becomes a weapon against the darkness that is around us. So in the retreat today, we talked about these weapons that are made available. And the very important one is the Word of God, to be able to know the Word of God and to speak the Word of God over our lives, that God has given us dominion over all of these covenants. And when we speak boldly into our environment, into our families, the places that God has given us stewardship, if we speak the Word of God, the power for promises that He has given us in pointed moments, that then we are fighting against that darkness that can take in, in our lives, uh, want to take hold. But that's a process of cleansing, purifying, placing ourselves in the presence of the Lord so that the Lord can align our hearts. In Hebrews 13, we see that may he carry out in you what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. All of these Lessons are simply to see the glory of God manifested on earth, to be able to know him better, to be able to know his ways better, his nature better, his character better. And we have one of the favorite Psalms, Psalm 23, written by um, King David, that the Lord is our shepherd. This is important because in today's reading, we see that the Lord is moved by pity when he disembarks from the boat and he sees that the people are like a sheep. With, like sheep without a shepherd, and he begins to teach them many things. That is the role that we have in our families, in our workplaces. We are supposed to instruct one another. It is something that we do. We pray without ceasing, seeking the insights and the wisdom from the Lord that is our shepherd. We have to lay in verdant pastures with him, seeking rest, seeking repose, seeking his restful waters, that he's going to refresh our soul. He's going to guide us in the right paths for his name's sake. That sense of righteousness, that God, God's ways either are the righteous ways. And God has a breastplate of righteousness that he places over us that becomes a shield for our life. So we had a session also on protecting our lives the importance of prayer, the importance of putting the cross of Christ between us and the world on a daily basis, that before we have meals, before we stepped out of our beds into the day, before we get into the car, before we leave our houses, we make the sign of the cross so that we identify who, who we are. It gives us a sense of identity. We believe in a triune God and we put the cross of Christ between us and the world. And these Signs that we make in the world to show our identity also empower us and also keep evil at bay because we allow sometimes evil in ways that we don't even recognize. 
we sense then why are things going sideways? Why is this not working in my life? And it is because there's a stronghold in our mind, in our heart. There's a place of unforgiveness. There's a place where we need to have repentance. There's a place where we have to confess our sins. There's a place where we have to reunite with someone. And the minute that that is happening in our hearts, we are allowing the evil, the, the, the dark side, the devil, to actually enter into that place in our life. We're giving permission. And we see this is a biblical principle. Jesus tells Peter, Satan has asked for you, but I have prayed for you. The Lord has prayed for each one of us. We know that the Lord is seated in heavenly places, interceding for us, and that we are seated there with him, that that is our identity, that that is our family, that that is our purpose, to extend that kingdom, and that there are weapons that are not of this world, and that they are available to continue extending the kingdom of God and to continue taking dominion over our lives. So we have to pray prayers of protection. We have the very beautiful prayer of protection of St. Michael the Archangel to defend us in battle, to be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil, and that we can pray this prayer over ourselves and our families and our homes and our friends and our workplaces Because the Lord in Psalm 23 says that even though we walk in the valley, in the dark valley, we fear no evil for the Lord is at our side and his rod and staff give us courage that he spreads the table before us in the sight of our foes and anoints our head with oil and our cup overflows that only goodness and kindness follow us all the days of our life and we dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come and to know that David wrote that story in the midst of battle right before he encounters Saul when he's desolate in a place of of great darkness before a battle gives us hope sisters and brothers that we can look at the word of God and use it in our lives and read that verse in any place in your home or your workplace your car any place in your life where you need to bring the light of God because we learned again today we reminded ourselves that the word of God is active and alive we've talked about that in our podcast before the reading that we have from Mark chapter 6 is as i've mentioned that Jesus gathers together all the apostles to hear their reports of what they've done and what they've taught So what we learn here, anywhere that we are learning something, let us share it with others. That is a way of extending the kingdom. We're all constantly learning. We're all constantly sharpening one another. But the Lord invites us to come away for a while to a deserted place to rest. He invites us to this deep sense of knowing our hearts. The fact that we see the Lord feeling pity, moved with sadness, feeling compassion, invites us to feel our feelings deeply. The Lord felt his feelings deeply. He wept. He felt grief when someone died uh, at the loss of somebody that was dear. He grieved. He went to a, a, a tall mountain to pray after his cousin dies and to be there with the Lord. So we are asked to feel our emotions. And then the last session today at the retreat was to speak about emotional intelligence and how we apply this in our daily life, in our daily prayer life, that we're able to identify the the emotions, that we're able to name those emotions, and that we're able to transform that emotions personally, transform those emotions personally to choose a different emotion, to give ourselves time 
uh, and a strategy to move from one emotion to another. And then the process of communicating that to someone else, the ability to say, when you do this or you say that or you don't do this, I feel this, to be able to communicate to someone else, to be able to tell them what is the feeling that we had. The Lord felt pity and he was moved and then he began to teach them. He saw a need. So our, our emotions are signals for a need that is not being met. And when we are able to bring that need to the Lord, we are ultimately and most fully healed. So brothers and sisters, let us take all of these to the throne. Father Almighty, thank you. Thank you for your word being active and alive. Thank you for instructing us in your ways. Thank you for inviting us to the family of the kingdom of heaven. Thank you for Jesus sitting us in heavenly places where we can rule and reign with him in our life, with his power and authority. Of ourselves, we can do nothing. But if we rely on the strength of the Lord, if we allow ourselves to connect to that strength of the Lord, the joy of the Lord, the peace of the Lord beyond all understanding, we're able to enter into the dark places of our own hearts and minds and in the world and be able to take over those strongholds, to break through the walls of those fortresses with the light of the gospel. And we ask, Father, that today you'll give us your breastplate of righteousness, the courage and the boldness, the clarity of mind, the discernment of spirits, that we can accomplish your will in our life. And we pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.